what's up, everybody? This is David Core from the Steelers Sanctuary Podcast. I'm going to be riding solo with this one since me and David Rivera's schedules are a little conflicting. So let's go ahead and get to it. Uh, I never got a chance to give you guys my reaction to the game Saturday night, Christmas Eve. Um, basically, I was pretty happy to see how Kenny Pickett was able to drive down the field and 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 win the game. His the dart he threw to Pickens to 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 end it was just amazing. And honestly, I didn't think he really had a good game. Uh, I've been fighting with people on Twitter about it. Um, I, I thought that he was he was off. I thought some of his throws were off. I saw, thought he made some horrible decisions. Uh, of course, the interception was one of them. And I just didn't think he was having that great of a game. Uh, the offense was stalling a lot. And, uh, I mean, some of that is not attributed to him. Some of that can be to Matt Canada. But either way, I just wasn't really that uh, impressed at all. And then, you know, he, he drives him down the field like he did and, and wins the game. You know, I I thought that was really uh, – really showed me a lot. So it makes me wonder, you know, does Kenny have that clutch gene, man, where – you know, when times get tough like this, is he going to be that guy that has a ton of, you know, fourth quarter comebacks? I mean, we remember Roethlisberger had, I think it was like seven last year, seven or eight comebacks. You know, man, do we have something maybe if, if Kenny's got the same kind of clutch gene? I hope we do. Uh, the defense, man, that defense, the way they stepped up in the second half of that game and just absolutely shut down the, the Raiders offense basically. And I just coming up with with, you know, timely interceptions and, 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 you know, not allowing them to get down the field and score any more touchdowns after the first one they scored right off the bat. That was just so impressive. Um, so I, I just, what a way to win that game with everything that's happened to Franco Harris and the tribute and, and just to, to end up snagging, you know, that win was just so, was just so awesome. It was so awesome to watch that happen when, you know, after two missed field goals, uh, by Boswell and everything, just the way it was going on, it just looked like they just weren't going to be able to pull out this win. And then they finally did it in the end. So I was, I was pretty happy. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see this, this team grow. And I mean, you know, I don't know if you, you know, you see the video they put out there of, of Tomlin telling these you know young kids, Hey, you grew up tonight and just seeing the reaction and them hugging him and, and they're all excited. And, and I agree, you know, they are starting to grow a little bit and, and, and get better, hopefully as a collective group. And I, I'm excited to see, you know, the future with, with this team, especially on offense. Uh, but I, you know, there's still a lot of holes that need to be filled in with this defense, but moving on, let's, let's talk about uh, Hayward. My Lord, he got defensive player of the week for AFC. He had seven tackles, three that were for a loss, two sacks, one pass defended, I mean, he was just an animal in this fucking game. Just absolutely just could not be stopped. And I, you know, people want to say, oh, it's you know, because of the Franco Harris thing. But I don't know, man. I, you know, I started looking at the stats here. Not, you know, are we seeing a, a, a resurgence of Cam Hayward? Because let me just throw this out there for you guys. So he had three sacks in, in the first half of the season. He's now got five and a half sacks in the second part with two games to go. He had five tackles for a loss in the first half of the season. He's now at seven in the second half with two games to go. How about he's had seven QB hits in the first half. Second half, he's at 11 QB hits. 
And here's another little thing I thought was interesting is that his snap percentage has been in the 80 percentile the last three games. The rest of the time throughout the season, it's been in like the 60s, 70s. There was only one game where it was at 83%. But the last three games, it's been at 85% or higher. So, again, are we seeing a resurgence with Hayward? Is it, you know, it can't just be the Franco Harris thing. That just was just recent. So, you know, maybe it's the, the Pro Bowl snub. You know, I don't, I don't know. But, but something's going on, and I'm loving it. And it, it's good to see the big guy, you know, starting to, to come alive here. Because, you know, if they have any shot at, you know, winning these last two games, it's, it's going to have to be with Hayward, you know, in this resurgence that it looks like what's going on. Uh, speaking of defense, how about Cam Sutton? My man is just balling out. So I looked up some stats with him. He's got three interceptions this year. That's the most he's ever had in a season. And he's got two to go. And then he's got 14 pass defenses this season when all the other seasons were all single digits in that category. So I, he's been their best corner. There's just no doubt. And I don't really think there's any disputing it. So I, you know, it, the price tag for him is gonna be gonna be a decent amount. I, I don't I don't know. It's gonna be tough for them to keep him. I mean, they may let him go test the waters, and maybe they pray that it's not that great, just like what happened with Edmonds. But I just I just don't know, man. I don't know if they're gonna be able to keep this guy or not because if somebody takes a look at how he's played this year, they'll just they're gonna see he was the Steelers' best corner this year, and it's not even close. I've seen PFF put their stupid shit out about Levi Wallace, but I see him get absolutely, you know, dusted by wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends, and they make it look easy. I'm sorry, I just I've seen so much more out of out of out of Kemp Sutton that to me, when this with this cornerback group, he's definitely the uh, CB one out of the group, and it's so crazy because he's supposed to be the slot corner, and it's supposed to be for a reason. He's supposed to be weak on the outside, but I see the movement inside, outside. And, and and really, he, he does well. He does really well. And, I you know, this is this is something that could actually end up being a problem for the Steelers, that they might not be able to bring this guy back. But I don't know. Moving on. So I just saw that Lamar didn't practice today for the Ravens, and uh, he hasn't practiced in over 10 days or something like that. And they're saying it's looking like Lamar probably isn't going to play against the Steelers. And this is literally exactly what the Steelers need. I'm sorry, but I, it, it, with Lamar out there, I just I could I don't see this team winning. I don't see them going into Baltimore and beating Lamar, a Lamar uh, quarterback Ravens. I just don't see it. Uh, they have trouble stopping the run, and combine him with Dobbins and those offensive linemen. I think it'd make for a long day for them. And I, I just if he's not playing, then I then I then I think that they can actually, I think they'll learn their lesson this time, and they will do basically like they did against Carolina and they will put eight guys in the box and they will pin their ears back and they will go all out to stop the run and, and, and force only to stop them, you know, to, to beat them with the pass. And, you know, I don't think that kid is going to be able to really do that too much. Uh, so I, I think that, that if Lamar doesn't play, I think that that's what will happen. You'll see like what you saw in the Carolina game where, yeah, they may have gotten hurt a little bit with the pass, but, they didn't give them any room to run the ball. And I think that's what they'll do against the Ravens. And I, you know, I'm hoping that's exactly what, uh, what happens.
So, moving on. So, Ray Pitapato today is saying that within the organization, they are still believe that Matt Canada is going to be fired. And I'm happy as hell to fucking hear that because that guy does not believe does not deserve to be an offensive coordinator in the National Football League. I'm sorry. Like, just like, you know, just like they were saying, Steve Smith said, his his play calling is Saturday-ish, and it is. It, it's it's simplified. It's so easy for, for these teams, these defenses, and the National Football League to know what they're going to do. It's so predictable. That's why they've struggled so much off and on. That's why I think it sometimes can hinder Kenny Pickett and hinder this young offense. And you've seen the frustration from the players. And I, I'm so glad to hear that a lot believe that he is still gone. And with that said, a guy that, that could maybe be the future OC is Daniel Hackett. The the coach, the head coach just got fired by Denver. And I tell you what, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but this was the guy that was the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars when Blake Bortles and them marched down on the Steelers' defense and put up 40-plus points. If this guy can help Blake Bortles do that, uh, yeah. And here's the other thing. He was the offensive coordinator for the for the Packers. Guess what? When That's when Rodgers won MVP of the damn league. So that, that offense was clicking. And... I'm seeing this now. Mind you, he goes he goes to Denver, and they suck. But, you know, you can only do so much with the players you're handed. And they go out and make this big deal for, for Russell Wilson, and he, he ends up being horrible. And they've got no real running backs on that team. They've got young wide receivers, but if you've got nobody to throw, throw to them, what the hell does it fucking matter? So I just... I understand that he was unsuccessful as a head coach in Denver, but at the same time, I don't think he was really given the tools to be successful either. I don't know how that GM out there still has a, has a fucking job with as bad as they've been. It, it doesn't even make sense to me how that's even happening, that the GM still has a job out there. I can't believe he got didn't get fired, but yet Hackett did. So I, I could definitely see Daniel Hackett being a guy they could look at. Uh, which also brings me to this. So... If Hackett's gone from Denver, that means that maybe Brian Flores could be the next candidate to get that job. And then I saw somewhere that the Steelers will not get draft pick compensation for him getting a job because he'll not been with the team for two years, which really sucks. But the thing about it is with Brian Flores, and that makes me think that maybe we're safe, maybe we keep him around, we don't lose him is the fact is that he's a defensive-minded coach. And a lot of these teams are making the move. They want to get an offensive guru to be their next head coach. They're starting to steer away from this whole getting a defensive-minded head coach. I mean, look at the Dolphins. You know, they, they, they fire Brian Flores. They go and they, and they get an offensive-minded genius coach. And look at – they take off. And I'm telling you, they win more games – if not the injury to Tua, they would have they would have been they would have had a way better record, and they were explosive as shit. They went out and got Tyree Kill, so I, I'm just saying like other teams are looking at these teams like the Chiefs, the Bills, all these all these teams that are being really successful going with offensive minded coaches, 
And they may think twice about going down that road or going and getting Brian Flores. They may look at, you know, I talk about maybe going to the Steelers. He might land another gig as a head coach, maybe. So you just don't know. And I, so I could, I could definitely see that maybe the Steelers get lucky with Brian Flores and they keep him. But you never know. And I, that's just the way I, I look at it. I, maybe it's just, you know, wishful thinking. But I don't know. That's what I think could possibly happen. So the Steelers have what they're saying is a 4% chance to make the playoffs. And this is how it can happen as of right now as we sit. First, the Steelers got to win out. They got to win all the games. Then they need the Dolphins to lose to the Pats. And with Tua now with another concussion and concussion protocol, that could definitely happen. They could definitely lose to the Pats. But then you have the Jets then have uh, – and they need the Dolphins to lose to the Jets. White's back for the Jets, it looks like. So this, this could happen. The Dolphins could absolutely lose to the Pats and Jets. But then they need the Pats to lose to the Bills after they beat the Dolphins. And the Bills, if if they got everything locked up, the Bills might not even play a lot of their players. So that could really screw the Steelers right there as having a chance. But before that, I even get to all that. This week alone, they need the Jets to lose to the Seahawks. So if they, if they have White back, that changes the whole, you know, outlook on that game against the Seahawks. So I don't, I don't really know. I don't know. There's just so many things that got to happen to fall. So I just a 4% chance. We're really clinging to hope here. I don't, I don't see it happening at all. I don't. First, they got to be able to do the whole damn thing themselves. And like I said, if, if Lamar's out there, then they're, they ain't going to win. That's, that's just my opinion. I don't see it happening. And then if they go on to face Cleveland, you know, what if Watson's now, you know, ready to go? He, but he's, I'll be honest, he's sucked. He has sucked ass since he fucking came off suspension. He's been horrible. They are way better off just keeping Brissett and letting his ass just sit out the rest of the season. If they had had any hope at play, playoffs, they, they shouldn't even have played Watson. That's how bad he's been. And then the defense for them, man, I don't know. So depending on what Watson you get, the Steelers might have a chance, but I don't know. It'll be it won't be easy. I'll tell you that much. So, my final prediction for this Sunday, just a little prediction. I don't want to go, you know, too far into this because I'm sure me and Dave are going to get together probably Friday or Saturday and do do more of a game prediction. But I'm just I'm, all I'm saying is is that I can see the Steelers losing like. 16-13 if Lamar is, is playing. And then I could see them winning if he doesn't play. I could see somewhere around 19, 19-17, 19-15, some kind of weird. You know, you know how these Raven scores are. They're always fucking weird. But that's, but that's just something that I – that's where I see them at right now with that game against Baltimore this weekend. I, I can't fucking wait. I'm, I'm going to be really excited, guys. If, if, they, if Lamar doesn't play – Man, you couldn't ask. It, it, it just that is really the next thing. Like, it, you know, I talked about this with David on the other podcast. Like, well, you just knew this was going to happen with the Steelers. You just knew, even at three and seven, 
five and eight. Like you, you just knew when you saw the second half of this schedule, the Steelers have got a lighter schedule. They're gonna roar back under Tomlin. It's what this man fucking does. And they're they're gonna they're gonna make a run at this. And it's just strange to me how much shit falls into place for them. Playing these some of these teams at the worst times for the other teams, even though they they should have won against Baltimore, it, it, it was teed up for them. You couldn't have had it any easier, but it didn't happen. But I just now they may face them again with no Lamar again, and then you know catching the Raiders whenever they just come off that crazy win over the Patriots, and then before that the Raiders have been struggling. It just one after the other catching Carolina. Carolina trades away McCaffrey. They bench Baker. They cut him. They basically just gut that offense. It, you know, where you only have was Deontay Foreman to worry about. Like I, I just every team they caught in this second half, with the exception of the Bengals and the Ravens, I, I just man, you couldn't you couldn't have asked for for a better second half. And and you, like we said, like I said, you know, earlier in the year, like you just you just knew, man, they were gonna they were gonna roar back. Tomlin's not going to give up this coach does not know how to do that they don't tank they don't do any of that shit and it's just crazy i mean it, you think about we are just when i think about us Steeler fans I, I i feel like my god we are so fucking spoiled i could not fathom have being a part a fan of a team and like just going two fucking decades without them ever having a losing season it's when you think about it, it's just incredible. Could you imagine being a fucking Browns fan and going through the shit that these fans from them have gone through? The Jets fans and, and you know, going through Mark Sanchez and the butt fumble and just them totally fumbling that whole fucking thing. Rex Ryan and all his fucking bullshit. I, I couldn't, I just, I couldn't imagine being a fan of some of these teams. The D, like Detroit Lions fans. I, I don't know. I, I just, I just to have to have be a to be a fan of a team that you know every year there will be no tanking. They're going to go all out to the very end. It's it's nice to have that. It's uh, and, you know, and even though we knew that our chances of going to the playoffs are very slim, we at least know that we're going to give it a shot to at least have a winning record or barely have a losing season. And it's nice to have that. And I, you know, and I, I complain a lot. I bitch a lot about Tomlin because some of the shit he does absolutely drives me fucking insane. But the guy's will to win is just amazing. It's top notch, and you can never question it. Never. I just wish that the guy would surround himself with with people that, I guess you could say, know what the fuck they're doing. And man, I, I tell you what, I know we're getting. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but next year. I really hope I'm looking so forward to seeing Khan and Weidel and hopefully they listen to Weidel a lot and let's see what they can build and pieces they can add in the draft and in, in the off season and free agency. And man, next year could end up being a lot better year than it has been this year. But I just, I don't know. I, I've come to learn, you know, these last couple of weeks, just watching how hard they're playing and, and they're not giving up. And just, I look at these other teams like, you know, giving a guy $230 million coming off $5 billion sexual assault allegations to show up and then suck ass 
I couldn't even fathom as a fan. Couldn't even fathom it. But then I see our organization and what we represent. And then seeing us celebrate somebody like Franco Harris and what he did for this organization, for this city, you know, it, it just makes me so proud as a Steelers fan. But uh, that's all I got for now, guys. Uh, hopefully I can get with Dave and uh, we'll have a more thorough uh, podcast. But uh, that's me. I'm done for now. Take care.